Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. This is the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast, episode 156. We still haven't been cancelled. I don't know why I'd cancel us. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. And I do not believe in cancel culture. So you don't have a name? You I, can, I, I, can, I canceled cancel culture, which means I canceled myself, so you can't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a follow on twitter at piffles pod give us a like on facebook as well facebook.com slash piffles podcast and hit up the website pifflespodcast.com piffles podcast is brought to you by elphinstone street piffles podcast is brought to you by dairy queen on elphinstone street and sass drive in regina not just the whole street we, we're, we're not that big yet check them <laughs> out right now dairy queen on elphinstone street and sass drive in regina we're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Guys, it's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, we've done this. We got some free agency news to talk about, so let's get right to it. Time for the opening kickoff. The minute you say it, I start laughing. I don't know why. Because it's the greatest cheesy intro for anything of all time. Guys, free agency. Let's start with uh, just a couple of the losses. One of them, a couple of them that we knew that were coming. Charleston Hughes officially signs with the Argos. Solomon Elamimian retires. Defense taking a big hit there, but also with Cam Judge signing with the Toronto Argonauts after his NFL tryout with the Vegas Raiders. That right there is the big loss for the Riders on defense. I think it was very... uh telling when the riders came flying out of the gate and signed two Canadian linebackers when they got the Herman Reed twins that cam judge, they, they might have decided to take that step away from him. Uh, I think they hoped he was going to end up down South, but going to the East isn't the worst thing that's going to happen to the riders this year. So I'd love to have him in Ryder green, but football's a business. You're, you're absolutely right. It was, it was a foregone conclusion. The moment they went, they went crazy on uh the Canadian linebackers signings, but what, what choice did they have? Really? They couldn't wait it out, especially when you've already lost Elamimian uh, and you, you have to shore up that linebacking core, no matter how valuable that guy is, you have to make sure you have a backup plan. And they did. And he went elsewhere. It sucks, but like you, I'd love to see him in Ryder green, but I, uh, I'm okay with him joining literally everybody else out in Toronto. And you, and you got to think though, he he's going to be basically on one year rolling contracts until he decides he doesn't want to. The maybe the NFL is not the place for him. So the Argos only got him for one year. Whoever signs him next is probably only getting him for one year until his NFL window closes. So unless you well, know he's, he's, not, he's going to stick around long term, why throw the money at him? And he's still young enough. I think he's only twenty six years old, so he's still got a couple more off seasons to give the NFL a shot. Uh, but 
Like you mentioned, signing the Herdman, Reed, Twins, Justin, and Jordan, able to keep the ratio intact, at least on the defensive side there. But Ryder signing Larry Dean, which was uh, a pleasant surprise, although I guess it apparently wasn't too surprising for a lot of people. But Larry Dean going to shore up the middle of the defense for the Riders. Well, last last time we talked, we talked about who is going to be that veteran presence on the on the defensive side and Larry Dean up the middle. Uh, there's your guy right there. In instant and quality replacement for uh, Solomon Yellow Eminem. Who still says that's the best name he's ever been called uh, at Taylor Field, uh, the East Sidelines. Um, of course, we all knew the Riders were going to sign offensive lineman Evan Johnson. That's exactly what they did. And he sounds absolutely pumped to come home. So we're excited to have him here. And uh, it's a great interview. We'll have to get him on the show sometime. But also, I, signing- you, if we get him on the show, I will not be the one that introduces him. Yeah, you, uh, you had your chance on that. You failed a couple yeah. of years ago at the uh, Combine. Hashtag Huskies. Huskies. And the other Johnson they signed. So Micah Johnson coming back after his brief, brief stint in BC with the Lions. I I, I just can't believe that the Riders could land two sets of twins on the same day. (laughs) Was that brother from another mother kind of thing? Well, you you, you look look at Micah and you – I think they're twins. Basically the exact same person if exactly if you, if you look at him close. Yeah. <laughs> Evan and Micah, the Johnson twins, come on. But no, like Micah Johnson, it's it's glad to have him back. Uh, in twenty twenty, the riders gambled on keeping Charleston and letting Micah go. This year they decided, you know what, maybe we're gonna go the other way. I'm I'm glad he's back in green. Also sticking around in green, John Ryan. So uh Riders gonna beat teams one point at a time. I'm not the biggest fan of this signing. I know I'm in the minority of that here with the Ryder fans, but uh, I, I wish they would have just gone younger and gone with one kicker as opposed to a couple, especially if Brett Lothar is not going to be coming back. I can't I, I, see a single thing wrong with that. A single thing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I got that. Yeah. I don't think I could be less excited about a signing. I mean, punters as a normal signing aren't all that exciting, but he, he had no directional punting ability whatsoever last year in a league where directional punting is probably infinitely more important than distance punting. I'd rather have a guy who can kick it between the tens for 40 yards than a guy who can boot at 60 through the end zone every time. Uh, but when you look, where you else know, was he going to go? It was either this or essentially retire, I think for John Ryan. So let's, let's give him his last hurrah and Maybe get a great cup on the way out. So, Not opposed to the signing. I just wish that they're going to go. They, they should just go younger at this point. But he, we, I, I make fun of the, the amount of singles, and we were kind of having a little bit of fun of it at his expense there because there was a lot of singles in 2019. But throughout the season, he did progressively get better at actually pinning teams <clears> deep, <throat> and he took a little bit off the kick to try and make that work. So kind of found that balance of, you know, punting the CFL against punting in the NFL where you just boot the crap out of the ball and get it as high as you possibly can. So uh, he did improve and uh, hopefully that's what we see in 2021. A couple more signings really quick. Welcome back to Kevin Francis, who was uh, gone for a couple of years, but uh, you'll remember him in the Chris Jones era. So he's back and uh, he's just another Canadian body, which doesn't hurt to have around. 
solid depth signing. Could take him, take take him or leave him. But he, obviously, a lot of his a lot of his uh, teammates were happy he's back. So obviously, he's a good team guy. And maybe my favorite signing of the last little bit. They signed another quarterback, Luke Falk from the Jets, 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 Jets. Uh, former, I think, who is he? Second round pick, like. He was with the Jets. I, I can't hold that against him. Everybody sucks when they play for the Jets. So uh, going to come in and compete. And uh, that means six quarterbacks are coming to camp. Let's list them off here. Cody Fajardo, James Franklin, Luke Falk, Tom Flacco, Mason Fine, and Isaac Harker. If I'm Isaac Harker, I'm saying, you guys, I don't fit the mold anymore. You can call me Farker. Five guys with with... <laughs> F last names, and then you have Parker, who seems. I, I almost wish we were video cast so everyone could look at the disapproving look Steve gave Alex via Zoom. Ow. On that, I knew I knew it was coming. That's the worst. That was the worst part. I knew where uh, Alex was going with it, and Steve just did not. Approve. And you still laughed. So there's that. I mean that that was a that was a high quality dad joke. I I have to say that was that was <laughs> ten out of ten, five out of seven, perfect score. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty so, good. Riders seem content on bringing six quarterbacks to camp and uh, always looking for the next one. And that's exactly what they should be doing. It's the most important position. So the more that they can bring in a guy who has legitimate playing experience, especially in the NFL, doesn't hurt to bring in. Well, Riders are bringing in six uh, quarterbacks, but Toronto's bringing in like a dozen defensive defensive ends. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's, everyone's sign happy this year. It's funny. Like t- people are complaining about, how many players are being signed by certain teams? And like everyone's signing players right now. It's crazy you, think how many people are going to rosters. You know what? That make, gives me a lot of comfort that we might actually see football this year. Cause there's gotta be a lot of money going out the door, uh, especially in Toronto. It, we we got to see it. And I want to see these, these guys fight it out at camp. Opening kickoff presented by Kathy Feston of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Let's get to the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Uh, speaking of pl- hopefully seeing football in 2021, Randy Ambrosi's statement uh, last Friday was a really weird statement, I guess on Thursday it was, where it just said we have to find a way to play. And that's all the Canadian press put out. And it was an interview he did with Dan Barnes and that spun off Randy kind of doing the tour around the CFL and, and doing all the media. But what I got out of this was that we have to play. We have to find a way to play. They're not looking at any kind of bubble situation, at least not yet. And they're going to find a way to play. Do you buy this? His statement was basically control C, control P from last year. Like he copy and paste. He said the exact same thing last year. And I'm, I'm trying not to be pessimistic and i'm not i think they got to play like i've said that before i just i'm worried about what they actually have in place other than vaccines are the solution for everything sorry i i ignored everything you said after you said control p paste is control v oh yes sorry sorry (laughs) (laughs) heavy nerd So my big takeaway out of this was that 
no bubble. Okay, fine. They're going to have a, a plan in place to, to travel around. Okay, fine. We're seeing how that's working in the, the NHL right now, which is not good. But anyway, they're going to go that route. The, the NFL did it, so why can't they? But they were, Randy mentioned something about they might even play a couple games without fans. Do you think they would actually play a couple weeks in the season without fans when it's a fully, fully gate driven league and you need to have fans in the stands to generate any kind of revenue. I think if they have a, an idea that they're going to be able to get fans in later games, I think they make it happen just to get the, get football going. What do you do? Do you postpone the season two more months or do you play or even an extra month just to play two games without fans in the stands. I don't know. Well, and they're saying that June 10th, that's the opening kickoff. That's still the plan for when they want to kick off the season. So obviously that can change and more than likely will change, especially if there's any kind of record or like, what's the word I'm looking for, but just a requisite of having fans vaccinated to be able to go to games. So they're going to have to be flexible with that. And that was one thing that Randy said a whole bunch as well. We're prepared. And Dave Naylor actually put out a report saying the CFL and the PA are putting final touches on the return to play plan. And we'll roll that out to the provinces for approval very soon, which that's actually a, a nice thing to hear because that's not something that we heard last year. We didn't hear anything about a return to play plan. We just heard that, oh, we have a bubble situation in place, which I don't think ever really happened. I think that was just appeasing the fans at that point. But the fact that they're already saying we have a return to play plan, that's good, right? At the, I'm at just happy stage, the, league, the league and the players are actually talking to each other. Last year, they seemed so disconnected on what the other side thought the other, the other side was doing. The fact that they're actually talking about this maybe – maybe there actually is something going forward here. Well, you said it, there's been a lot of chatter over, especially over the last week about return to play about plans, about being flexible, but we're hearing more now than we ever heard for the entirety of the 2020 season. And then combine that with the, again, as I said before, the money going out the door and all these signings, it's, there's a lot of hope I was, I was the, uh, what was it? The negative Nancy on our last show with the 75%. I am, I'm saying right now we will see CFL football in 2021. 100% it will happen. That's not any kind of source thing. That's not any kind of guarantee. That is my prediction. 100% it happens. I just can't see how they how they can't play. It it probably won't be a full season, full 18 games. It might be a shortened 10 game season, which I think is kind of the number that realistically that what that's what we might be looking at. But if we can get football at Labor Day or just shortly after that, I think that's a huge, huge win for the CFL. And it just shows that they are serious about getting back to play and they don't want the league to die. It just comes down to how much more are the owners willing to lose. So is it worth it for them to play eight, 10 games or not have a season? They're going to weigh that, I guess. But I think the, the general consensus is they're, they're going to play. So if you guys had to guess right now how many games a season will be, what do you guys have? 
I'm around that 10 game area plus playoffs. I think uh, that's probably the sweet spot. I don't see them getting a full season in. I'd, I'd say there's zero chance we get a full season. I'm thinking somewhere between 12 and 14. I'm around that uh, 10 game mark. So if we can get any more than that, that's just gravy in my opinion. Uh, we had a couple questions that came in and uh, we're going to go back to kind of the talking, uh, discussing Cameron judge a little bit. What will the options be at linebacker for the riders in the coming season for who they currently have on the roster, but also what free agents could ease that departure of Cameron judge? Well, obviously they've got the, they brought the Herman Reed twins in to take that side spot. You brought in Larry Dean up the middle. I think a guy like LJ McCray could move, move up to that uh, other linebacker spot pretty easily. As for who's out there. I don't know. There's, there's some, still some interesting names that are free agents. Enoch I know, Mwamba I know he, I, I was going to say he knocked definitely been a guy people have been talking about, but he also commands a heavy paycheck. So I don't know where the riders are at right now. I, I think the plan is pretty clear at this point. Go with the, go with the Herdman twins, Larry Dean, and see what happens and hope for the absolute best. Well, they could also pull, pull uh, Lucia's Purifoy down to that uh, Sam linebacker spot as well. If it's not LJ McCray, it could be Purifoy. And uh, that kind of leads to the next question is, could Ellie Buka step up as a possible starter at defensive back? And, and to me, that's kind of, I think that might be the flexibility plan that Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dick, Dickinson might have in place is if they can start Adam at safety and Buka at one of the corners, you can move LJ McCray up or Lucia's Purifoy up and you have your cover back linebacker and you're, you have a lot of flexibility with the defensive backs and the whole defense with having two Canadian starters in the backfield. Well, you can easily get to, I think if you, if we did the math, you could easily get to eight Canadian starters before you even get to Buka. Cause you're, you're going to have your receiver. You're going to have your offensive line. You got one of the Herman Reed twins you got um, Mac or uh, DeBeer. Um, you got Adam. That's seven right there. Oh, there's another one. Who am I missing? I, I counted eight the other day very easily before we even got to Buka. Now I can't remember who, where, where I was at. Well, they could even go both defensive tackles, right? So there could be eight there and possibility of nine if you go with Buka. So, yeah, like we're actually very well set at Canadian depth this year. And the last question that we got in, and <laughs> this, this seems to come up quite often here. Should the CFL diversify its broadcasting rights, not solely give them to TSN? Would that help at all in having a season put in place or the league in the long run? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> it, it's hard. It's hard when, uh, TSN technically owns a team now. I, I don't think that there'll be a yes vote for giving CBC the rights, especially considering CBC basically gutted all their uh, sports coverage. And I don't know if Sportsnet's even interested. And they're part of MLSC anyway. So what do you do? So. I, I mean, we, we know that the, the TSN's got the contract for, what is it, three, four more years at – quite a quite a hefty chunk of change they're not giving that up to for any reason let alone to allow another broadcaster to come in and and take some of those tv rights away this goes right along with that whole pay-per-view idea that keeps to keeps coming up every 
three weeks or so. And uh, Jock Cartier on Twitter had a great, well, well-read thread about why it's a ridiculous idea. It, it, it will not happen. You're not going to push away a major sponsor and a major TV broadcaster for a one season plan. Even if you could legally get out of that contract, there's no, there's no valid reason and no viable reason to make it happen. Honestly, what the league needs to do is go on TikTok more. That's what they need to do. That will solve all the problems, but no, seriously, the, what actually would actually might actually help the league is more on more play on CTV. I understand that yes, we're no longer in a analog uh, uh, TV world, but a few more games on CTV, like you might catch some other people just flipping around channels that don't carry the sports uh, packages. Like get more on the lower lower uh, number of channels, you might actually get some more viewers. Well, I like that, especially if you uh, throw one game a week on there. Throw the one of the Friday night football games, the game that starts off at uh, you know, or maybe it's the late game that starts at eight o'clock. Put that one on. Just bring in that audience. And actually speaking of bringing in an audience is one thing that would help with that, especially if you put it on a basic cable package channel, is the single game betting story that came out this past week, where Canada is now one step closer to single game betting being legalized. Of course, you can still bet on like Bet365 and, and those sites, but those are offshore sites. We're talking about Canada officially having this done properly. But that would be huge for the CFL. If you can put five bucks on, okay, well, Vernon Adams, his over-under for passing yards is 266 and a half, and he's sitting at 260 with the final drive or something like that. You're going to want to stick in, stick around and tune in and watch that because you're going to be invested in that. And the NFL has done a great job of that, and other leagues have done a great job of, of being able to make something like that work. So if you can get prop, bet, prop bets going in the CFL, that causes nothing but more eyes to watch the game, more money being put onto it. The league could partner with whoever it ends up being that that runs this. And it's only good for the CFL, more eyes watching and more money coming in. The things that really push through the the explosion of the NFL is fantasy football and sports betting. That is why the NFL is the huge juggernaut that it is. And that's why it became must see watching because people stopped just watching their team. They started watching everybody. Because hey, my guy's on that fantasy team. I'm gonna I'm, I better I better watch the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, I I got the Jaguars at minus at uh, minus two thirty to cover the spread. They're gonna watch it. Like degenerate gamblers and just basically college bros playing fantasy football caused a massive explosion of uh, the NFL. Well, think about this too. Think about your your workplace. How many people don't watch the NFL but have a fantasy football team? I can tell you that the ladies at my workplace, not a lot of them actually pay attention to the NFL, but they're in a league, a fantasy league together, just the ladies at work. And they pay attention every single week. And they have, I think the the winner gets a case of wine from everybody. Like that's, I mean, it's a huge deal for them. The biggest biggest sports pool in the world and the biggest gambling thing is March Madness and no one knows anything about college basketball they just follow it because hey they got a cool mascot I'm going to pick them the, the Duke Blue Devils will definitely beat a tornado if it was a St. John's Storm and they pick that team this is like unfortunately sports isn't that like yes we are we're not big numbers nerds like Derek Taylor 
but we, we do follow stats. We do follow that stuff. But when you, when you sports is fun and unfortunately gambling makes it better. <laughs> it's ice cream with sprinkles. That's what it is. I'm going to go back into general gambling mode. I'm going to be already laying here in about uh, three weeks minus the Coke problem. <laughs> Could you imagine sitting at Mosaic Stadium and just like going on your phone and watching it's the final drive? Can Cody Fajardo lead a last second field goal and you throw five bucks on it? You're even more interested in the game than you were before. And I can see so many people doing that inside of a stadium, let alone people that don't even care about the game that'll, that only watch their own team. They'll watch other games for that exact reason. And the funny thing about this is the NFL, we're talking about how they made such a big success out of this. Look what they're doing with their TV contracts. They have all like their, their tenure contract or whatever they have with all their four major networks are, are coming up. The NFL asked for a 100% increase in TV revenue. They want double the money. ESPN pays $1.9 million for Monday Night Football or whatever it is. They're asking for double that. They're asking for $3.8 billion. And they're going to get it because the NFL, when they play, they're the number one watch show. And that's what the CFL has to try and capitalize on. Create those viewers, get people watching, even if they're watching just so they can try to win, you know, 40 bucks on a, on a little prop bet of how many passing yards somebody's going to have. But if you're going to do those prop bets, do not be like the Super Bowl streaker. Yeah, don't bet on yourself. That's actually illegal. Well, you can't. Well, the thing is, oh, he, you, know, you can bet on yourself. Just don't open your big yap about it. Don't well, not yeah, go on a radio right. station and tell everyone that you bet on yourself. And he told everyone around you to bet on you as you run onto the field. Don't do that. Looking at you, Steve, you're the one that's closest to the field. Yes, you are. Of all three of us. I'm literally a hop, skip, and a jump away. So I'm going to put 20 bucks on Steve running on the field. Just push Furlan. <laughs> Just push him over the edge. Well, hopefully in the next couple of months, we'll find out a little bit more about single game betting. And like I said, if we can get it going here in the CFL and get it going in Canada, that's, that's nothing but good for this league and create more eyes on the league, which is ultimately more money on the league, which is exactly what they need, especially at this time with the uncertainty of being able to play. So if they can get, even if they can't get fans in the stands, at least for the first couple of weeks, if we can throw some prop, prop bets down, at least there's a little bit more viewership watching. People start to pay attention a little bit more. Chances are more people will eventually go to games. We could get money lines on Korean baseball during this pandemic. That's how crazy much people wanted to bet. Korean baseball. Think about that. I've got 50 bucks on John Ryan kicking a single in game one. <laughs> the, the odds on that, that that one's like you put down 100 bucks to win 10 cents that, that's not yeah the, the return on that is 52 dollars yeah. so not worth it not worth the risk well gentlemen i think we've kind of kind of covered it here there's not uh, a heck of a lot else going on right now and hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can uh, hear a little bit more about the cfl is there anything else you guys want to bring up this week if there's anything else the argos probably took it Actually, sorry, I got one thing. I got I got one thing, and this is kind of self-serving. Regina Thunder uh, fundraising auction is coming up uh, during the pandemic. Uh, all, of course, all these teams got hit hard. So, usually, our biggest fundraiser is the uh, dinner champions. Of course, we can't do that this year, but we're still doing the silent auction, except we're do- taking it online. Uh, Rob Bag has donated an autographed jersey. 
Um, so I, I, I think we have one or two Rob Bag fans who listen to this show. One or two. One or two. Um, and there's going to be some cool stuff. So uh, look for that. It's uh, going to be up in the beginning of March here. And uh, going to be, uh, I hate to say it, that we got more Edmonton Eskimo stuff donated than a rider stuff. I don't know how that happened. And good news, if, if I win that Rob Bag jersey, I can end his career twice. I'd be afraid of what happens to him if you win that jersey. So, Steve, stay away, okay? <laughs> I will I will stay away. But, like, uh, get this. Oh, of, all, of all people, uh, oh, Matt O'Donnell is donating something to this uh, auction. The, the, guy refuses, the guy refuses to come to Saskatchewan, but he will gladly support the Regina Thunder football team. Does he count? Does he qualify as hashtag once a rider, always a rider? Considering he'd rather try to play for the Raptors instead of coming to play a report to camp <laughs> in Saskatchewan – I don't know. I don't know about that one. Okay. Well, we'll have to figure that out. Maybe we'll throw that out to the fans and see what they say. We'll put a poll up on Twitter on uh, on Wednesday once this show comes out. So we'll see what they say. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for us here on the Piffles Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can follow me at Real Alex D. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve's not paying attention. He's probably putting prop bets down on the. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, he's putting bets on uh, Matt O'Donnell O'Donnell signing with the Riders. Steve's like just putting bets down on it. Just mashing down (laughs) the the money on that one. (laughs) And follow me, don't follow me. I don't need your pity follows, Greg on sports. Uh, Yeah, you don't need any real follows either. I don't. Block me. I don't (laughs) care anymore. And give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast. Of course, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Got it right this time. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support, making this show possible. Guys, we'll uh, leave it there and we'll, uh, we'll talk some more football in the next coming weeks. Until then, take care. This is Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. The ghost behind your mind.